Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What a world! Welcome on all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Writers, your humble host, Don of the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, December 14th. 2023 we hope all is well wherever you are we hope you're happy safe healthy and um that you uh miss this a little bit uh if i'm being honest um it's been a while since you and i gathered together on a thursday the third day uh here on the ocho uh, but it hasn't been long enough apparently for my voice to return to proper form uh so apologies for not being able to do the the tried and true what up world at the beginning of things um we have come out on the other end of the weird We'll call it November-ish, early December-ish run that the Cowboys go on on an annual basis. Um, this show that, that I host comes out on Thursday mornings, uh, but I also obviously host our post-game shows here at Blogging the Boys. And so when the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving Day, that's a Thursday, so we make a bit of a schedule adjustment. Then when the Cowboys play uh, on Thursday Night Football, which is generally a week later, seven days later, that's a Thursday. Uh, so we make an adjustment for that. It just so happened that the week after uh, the Cowboys played on Thursday Night Football, they hosted the Philadelphia Eagles and obviously one of the other shows I host around here uh, maybe that's the reason for my voice uh, not being able to return to proper form is the NFC East mixtape which so many of you love and, and Brandon and I appreciate all the kind words uh, that you always have for it although this week I think I appreciate them a little bit more uh, but it just so happened that that was the next week and because of that we you know, generally do a live NFC East mixtape that comes out on Thursday evenings. And so we didn't have an episode of the Ocho last week. So a uh, huge shout out to Roy White and Tom Ryle, who you'll hear later on today in a brand new episode of Riled Up, of course. Uh, shout out to them for uh, being a little bit earlier with their show so that we could, you know, kind of shuffle the deck as needed over the course of the last few weeks. But uh, we're back on normal rhythms, normal routines coming off of a Sunday game, going into a Sunday game. And that is now the pace uh, for a little while, just, you know, Things won't really be different, but it's worth mentioning the Cowboys do host the Detroit Lions on a Saturday night. That is the the night, of course, that Jimmy Johnson is going into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. But this week, uh, the Cowboys have to win in order to make that game feel a little bit bigger. And this week, they are visiting the Buffalo Bills. First road game for the Cowboys since they went uh, on a road trip to take on the Carolina Panthers the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, put that in context, why don't you, RJ? Um I did a Bleacher Report stream on Thursday, thir- goodness gracious, on Wednesday. Today is Thursday for you. It's Wednesday for me. It's it's uh, 2.17 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday, just for full context. But in my stream, um, you know, I predicted 
the final four games of the season for the Cowboys. And I went conservative and said that they they go three and one, which would put them obviously at 13 and four on the regular season. That would be very hard to be uh, disappointed by. Uh, and again, I do think that's a bit of a conservative approach. My main point, my main crux, and I know that, that Tom and Roy are going to get into this in their own way, is that these next two games are a way more difficult two-game stretch than the two games that the Cowboys are coming off of. Everybody, myself included, made a big deal about the Seahawks game because of the potential playoff implications, and obviously the Eagles game carried that because of the division rivalry. Now, these are two AFC teams, so they don't have that same sort of appeal or same sort of weight, uh, but these are two way better teams in terms of how all four are playing right now than Seattle and Philadelphia are. So um, this is it. It's time to buckle up and get serious, which you know kind of works out with um, our normal timing kind of starting to uh, to get back on track. And and because of that, because it's another you know uh, normal week, and we haven't had one of those in a long time, we wanted to return to form and wanted to have an interview with somebody who knows the team that the Cowboys are playing to kind of poke their brain and see how they feel. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have a great friend, Jay Spence, who you can follow on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. Um, he is awesome. I've done a lot of podcasting with him in the past across the SB Nation universe. Um, and Jay Spence knows everything there is to know about the Buffalo Bills. And he's one of those people that will give it to you the way it is. He, he won't sugarcoat anything. And he's had some words to say about Buffalo so far this season. So Jay Spence and I sat down on Tuesday. Just again, I always think it's important to give you that full context in case something changes um, for our conversation. And I'm slapping this all together on Wednesday. You're hearing it on Thursday. Uh, really fun conversation that I think you'll enjoy. If you want to watch it, you can do so on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel channel. Um, as soon as the interview is over, we'll come back and I'll tell you what you should be rooting for this weekend as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. But obviously that first and foremost includes the Dallas Cowboys themselves, who will visit the Buffalo Bills, who we want to learn more about. And in order to do so, here he is. Jay Spence joins us next right here on the Ocho. Very pleased now to be joined by the one, the only, the legendary, the dashing the debonair, the um, holiday filled with cheer uh, from Buffalo Rumblings. It is one of my very good friends, Jay Spence, the King. Jay Spence, welcome to Blog of the Boys. What's up, man? Thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure to get on and talk with you. And, and you know, you always you give me a hard time, but I enjoy it. I give you a hard time this season uh, because of how I have felt about the Bills. Uh, you and Matt Warren are the biggest Bills fans that I know. Obviously, Matt from SB Nation. Um, and I feel like I saw something in the Bills that you all did not want to see in the offseason. And that was and I equated the Bills to the Cowboys in saying that, you know, their season fell short last year because they didn't have enough playmakers outside of Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid, obviously cool dude. But it felt like I loved the trade for Brandon Cooks. And I was like, why weren't the Bills the team to get DeAndre Hopkins or Odell mm -hmm. Beckham Jr. or whatever you wanted. And so all season long, when it was like, they don't have anybody, it was like, yeah, I know. And so I was kind of enjoying the mob that was um, kind of circling around the Bills. I think the peak was probably the Broncos lost some of the night football, but I'm back. That's what I'm here to tell you. I'm back as the Cowboys get ready to face them themselves. Yeah. And and you know what? I will say, I, you know, I'll go on record and say you were you were kind of right, about, not kind of right. You were right about that. Um, the Bills, you know, you, you kind of, I feel like the team, got excited about Gabriel Davis a couple years right. ago in the Chiefs playoff game when he had like that all-time game, right? And then, right. you know, and then even last season, he had a game against the Steelers and he had some other moments where he kind of showed some flashes where it's like, okay, he could be our wide receiver too. But I think what we've seen now, you know, he's been in the league a few years now. Um, his, his statistics pretty much mirror what they have every single mm -hmm. year. And I think 
as much as we want, sometimes we want guys to grow or develop into things that they're just not. And I think we all want it to Gabe Davis to be, you know, a real wide receiver too. I just think that the guy stretches the field and we, we have who we have in Gabriel Davis. And then after that, I think this season, I'm a little disappointed because I do think that our weapons now should kind of result in a better record like you mentioned Kincaid I think James Cook is doing an absolute amazing job mm-hmm. this is the best run game the Buffalo Bills have had since LaShawn McCoy was in the Bills jersey you know and we're seven and six so you know there, there's optimism in some areas and then there's the you know this side of me where I'm like I don't like it I'm not happy <laughs> um this is a weird game and a fun game and we were talking right before we started recording how it's holidays and so that kind of adds to the potential fun or existential dread if your team isn't doing well i wouldn't put the bills in that camp so i know it probably feels like the sky is falling but the bills had a great week obviously with the win in kansas Mm -hmm. city uh despite the chiefs petulance about it um and then everything kind of broke their way as far as all the wild card standings were concerned um, but in some ways, I you, you mentioned how the Bills kind of maybe thought too much of one moment. I know a lot of people have accused them of chasing the 13 seconds game. Something I've said a lot in the past was I felt like the 2015 Cowboys tried to pick up exactly where Des caught it at Lambeau Field. Like they, they built their team like like they could just start right there. And mm-hmm. you can't like you have to climb the mountain all over again. I do think the Bills have kind of learned that lesson as this has gone on and I apologize on behalf of all Cowboys fans because last year was really (laughs) annoying with the Dak interceptions. It was super annoying whenever, you know, people would come for him. And so Josh Allen has kind of picked up that crown and I don't, I don't really feel the need to get in the way of, of that 18 wheeler coming for him. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's kind of fun to see somebody else deal with it, but I do feel like Josh Allen has been the victim of these things and the bills have been these victims of these things. And so like, that's why, I'm not as down on them. I think the win in Kansas City, the ending aside, was really impressive. I mean, that is something that not a lot of teams can do when the going had gotten as tough as it had for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and if you look at the last three games, the Bills have kind of been on the upswing in general. You know, you beat the Jets like that, you go back and then um, I know we lose to the Eagles, but let's face it, the Eagles are are one of the, I know you don't want to say this, but the Eagles are one of the best teams in football. Uh, So it's tough. You know, you, you lose that game, but it was a close game, so you you have some optimism. The offense starts to look good. And then this last game you mentioned against the Chiefs, you know, it's always a, a big deal to go into Kansas City and to beat Patrick Mahomes. So, and then with Miami losing the game and, you know, like you said, everything just kind of fell the way it's supposed to fall for the Bills. So if if all the, you know, if everything aligns, all the stars align properly, and, and if we can pull out a win this weekend, the Buffalo Bills are in prime position to actually challenge Miami again for the division and not just try to fight and scrape for you know, a wild card position. So we'll see. And, you know, we play them to end out the season. I think, I think my, I was excited all season and I'm in every game I'm into it. They pull me right back in. <laughs> but I think where I'm at right now is that, you know, I love Josh Allen and I know you mentioned the turnovers and you mentioned all this stuff and he did take that from Dak. But I think it's just, it's one of those things where it's like all year, there's so much drama. Like there's yeah. just so, every week there's something. So like you mentioned the interception and it's like, it's, it's probably, the thing I talk about the least when it comes to Josh Allen, when it seems like the national media is talking about it so much. And, you know, I, just, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a crazy, a crazy argument that people try to have when you lead the league in touchdowns, you lead the league in yards, you lead the league in all this other stuff, but you want to say one thing and it is a negative stat. You don't, you don't want turnovers for anybody on your team, but I, I tell you, I'll take, you know, 
35 touchdowns, you know, for the year. You give me that in 3,800 yards going into this weekend, you, I'm taking it. So it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I would rather live and die by that sword than, you know, be on the other end of the spectrum. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. it's this, this the kind of shake of things. And so uh, the, the fact that – and that's what our argument as Cowboys fans was last year. Like, the fact that people were like, oh, he's clearly trash because of this. It's just, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it. I saw you had a tweet last week uh, when the Sean McDermott stuff popped up. And you tweeted something – again, I'm paraphrasing. It was like, I'm so tired of talking about anything other than Josh <laughs> Allen being awesome. Um, Man. It has been – uh, I was going to ask you, we actually just kind of started talking about football. I was going to ask you what the best television show you've watched this year was, which you're free to answer. But the Bills have been like, you know, your classic HBO drama. I feel like this, you know, season long with all sorts of different controversies, both on and off the field. They have everything from Devon Miller stuff to this article that comes about um, or that comes out about Sean McDermott to Josh Allen and his girlfriend breaking up to him getting a new girlfriend to I mean, like the list go. And then, you know, one of your favorite cornerbacks, I'm sure his brother's in Buffalo and (laughs) he tweets some stuff out. And then it's just like every week, man. And so you're right. It is a it is a HBO drama Uh, for me. I've watched actually I've watched quite a bit of TV this year. I've tried to purposely take time. I found myself in doing this podcast and and writing more, and then I still have a full-time job. So I found myself kind of losing time and I would just work, work, work. So this year I've actually started to schedule time to kind of watch TV or watch movies or just do things that kind of free my brain up. And I I probably have a tough time to pick just one because I've been binge watching so many, but if I'll go with one, I think I'll go with, um, you know what? I'm going to go with it's a spinoff off the show Power. Um, I'm going to go with the it's, it's Tommy show. I forget the exact name of it now. I just call it Tommy. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, not DeVito. He's the popular name right now. But um, DeVito's respect. that dude. Yeah. DeVito's um, that dude. That's great. And that's smart to obviously schedule some time. I'm like halfway through like six movies because like I'll start one and then I'll get busy. Like I'm yeah. halfway through the second Spider-Verse movie right now. And I've been meaning to pick it up for like three weeks. And I just haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got, you got to schedule that time. Man. Yeah. You got to do it. That's well said. Um, so, like I said, I'm kind of back on the Bills, um, even though it seems like people aren't. I wanted to ask you, I saw on the Bills subreddit, because um, I like to browse all the other team subreddits, partly to experience their pain and misery, but also to kind of see the pulse of each team's fan base. Um, <laughs> one Bills fan, and I, I hate when people do this, like when people will see a take from one fan and they act like that fan speaks for the entire fan base. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one Bills fan, that people were talking about like how they saw this game going on Sunday. And one Bills fan said, well, this isn't technically a must win for us. I don't know how any Bills fan could possibly feel this way at this point. I get that it's a non-conference game, um, and I get that the Bills were afforded a bit more room for error because of all the losses that all the wild card contending teams had over the course of the weekend. But like th- this, this has to be must win if you want any kind of shot, particularly at winning the division, but at the very least to be a playoff team in general. Yeah, to me, in my opinion, uh, and I respectfully disagree with whoever that Bills fan was, because I feel like at this point, the Bills are in the playoffs right now. Uh, you know, you you in order to stay alive, you have to win every single game. And, and it's going to be tough. It's a gauntlet. But um, to say that it's not a must win game, they're they're probably just looking at the fact that Miami kind of gave us a little right. bit of a cushion with that loss. But at the end of the day, I still look at the AFC as a very crowded conference. You look at all the seven and six teams, you look at the eight and five. T- it's just, it's too many bunched together. So you take one game and you lose it. You're, you're putting space in between you and that wild card position. And I just, to me, I think the Buffalo bills need, we, if, if Super Bowl was a conversation for them right now, they need to be having conversation. If I'm Sean McDermott, I'm having conversation every single week about 
how many games to the Lombardi. I'm not talking about anything else. We have this many games to win until the Lombardi. If you're talking about this is not a must-win game, I I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you're watching. You got to do uh, what the NBA teams do and put like the the 16 numbers like on the banner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like you just got to like yeah. cross them off. Like that's exactly what you got to do. Um, are you a Suns fan, by the way? I've always wanted to know. I like the Suns. I, I, I like Devin Booker. And obviously, since KD is out here, I like right. him too. But I grew up a Laker fan. Magic was my first favorite okay. basketball player. But yeah, I like the Suns. I'm cool with that. Um, okay. So as it relates to this must win game. Um, it's in Orchard Park. It's massive. This has the potential to be a really beautiful game, right? Like it's, I know the weather doesn't call for like a incredibly cold or windy day. Obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, you and I are talking on Tuesday, so anything could change. Uh, but the bills home uniforms versus the Cowboys whites, obviously everybody knows about the nineties, you know, super bowls and things like that. Um, has the potential to just be really, really, really cool. Uh, you mentioned obviously that you thought the Eagles were one of the best teams in the NFL. Cowboys just throttled them. What Mm -hmm. is your fear level? of this game coming at it from a bills fan perspective like are you more afraid of the cowboys than you were the chiefs than you were the eagles i mean like where where does it kind of rank for you well when i say this i promise to god i'm not saying i don't mean this in a way where i'm trying to sound cocky or like i don't care about any other team at jay spence the king on twitter for anyone who wants to drag at me come at me (laughs) but no but seriously the way i see it is like honest to god if if the buffalo bills don't beat themselves I think it's tough for any team to beat them. That's and fair. I think when you look at all of the games throughout the season, you mentioned the Eagles, we lost that game by ourselves. You talk about the Broncos, which was like the lowest of lows for us, 12 men on the field on a kick that was actually missed. You go back, I can go down each game right. and show you. And so, but the thing is when Josh Allen simply just takes what the defense gives him, I'm sorry, my dog, I don't know what just happened. That's uh, okay, but, I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to apologize to your audio, the listeners by audio because they're rude. But, uh, you know, when you factor in all those things, it's like, look, when Josh Allen is on and he's taking what the off or what the defense gives him and not try to take the chunk play every time or not try to be amazing every single moment and just literally be methodical, go down. It's tough for guys to stop the bills. It just it, it just is. So if on that sense of it, where Josh Allen doesn't try to do too much. And then also Sean McDermott, uh, I'm. I've I've been a huge supporter of Sean McDermott. I've been a huge supporter of Sean McDermott. This has nothing to do with the article. With what right. I'm about to you're, say. you're safe. Don't worry. It has nothing to do with the article. I love Sean McDermott as a person. I think that he's a great leader of men. And, and over the years that he's been in Buffalo, he completely changed the culture and expectation for the fan base in the community. I love it. However, I'm just at this place now. I did a pod a couple of weeks ago where I asked a question. I'm like, is Sean McDermott the NFL's Mark Jackson? And mm. it, it, the comparison is to the point where Mark Jackson drafted Steph Curry. He, he drafted Clay and Green. He put the foundation of what we see as, you know, if you want to call – I don't know how everybody views it, whatever. They've won several championships. To me, they're a great team. The Buffalo Bills have a foundation. Maybe now we need a Steve Kerr who can unlock that superstar in Josh Allen. I don't know, but I'm just, for me, I think Sean McDermott is holding the Buffalo Bills back, and that's why we're 7-6 and as opposed to winning the division right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that completely. Like, I had walked out a little bit on the Bills. Um, I was a little bit more flagrant with Matt about that than I was with you. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, if I'm back on anything, like, all the way, it's Josh. Um, like, yeah. jo- Josh is the undeniable, like, metronome of things going on there. Mm-hmm. But the McDermott of it all is fair to doubt. And I think that's what gives me confidence. Like, you mentioned the 12-men-on-the-field penalty. Uh, the, in you know, 
the uh, lack of bravery at the end of the game of regulation against Philadelphia. Even the I know that the Bills won last week, but the handling of things on the positive side of the two minute warning against Kansas City, like what are you doing? Um, so like I know that people think that Mike McCarthy is this like oh or whatever, but like I really trust Mike McCarthy in the coaching battle, and that's where this game kind of reminds me of the last time that Dallas and Buffalo played, which you recall was on Thanksgiving four years ago, mm -hmm. and that was the like break point of the Jason Garrett era. Like the Cowboys were really kind of losing steam and losing steam and losing steam, and then Buffalo just embarrassed them as they kind of correct me if I'm wrong. That was like the announcement of like okay, the Bills are are, yep. are back. Like you know the Bills mm -hmm. are like we have a seat at the table, and they've obviously been rolling ever since. And a week later on Thursday Night Football, Dallas got embarrassed by the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky ran all over them, um, who I'm sure you love Mitchell Trubisky, obviously, for the, the one year. Uh, but um, and and it felt like they were going to fire Garrett after that Thursday night game. And they didn't, but they ultimately didn't bring him back after the year. And I agree with you. I, I do feel like kudos, Sean McDermott. I remember seeing a, mm -hmm. like a, a tweet right after he got hired. He got like a standing ovation when he walked into the Bills building. And I remember thinking like, this is a little cheesy, but it kind of makes sense. Like I. I don't love uh, Sean McDermott's past because it hurt me greatly, but his time in Philadelphia <laughs> with Jim Johnson, like they tortured Tony Romo. They were so great defensively. Yeah. And so I always, even in Carolina, I mean, that Thanksgiving day game in 2015, when the Panthers, that was Tony Romo's last career start ever. I mean, like he always had the, you know, the answer for Tony Romo and that obviously mm -hmm. hurt me a lot. Uh, so I do feel like Sean McDermott, to your point, may have been the guy to like, get them out of the basement but now you you do have a sit at the table you are among the nfl's elite it might be time for somebody else and i i do think that's the biggest x factor not just in this game but maybe any game the bills play the rest of the season yeah no and i agree with you now what i'm hoping is uh one of a uh, saying like my grandfather used to always say in life you either need inspiration or desperation i'm sure somebody else said it but he stole it <laughs> Your he says it, it yeah. a lot and uh, but i feel like now i think the bills have tried i think they found both and hopefully this is a turning point so they do make it to the playoffs and, and I hope they do go on a run. I'm not as confident as I normally would be, but, you know, they're I think they're inspired just because of the, the time of the year that it is and how the offense is starting to turn it around. But I think this desperation in this in, in this article that came about came out about Sean McDermott, I think they're rallying around him. So I think I think they now are kind of saying we're going to go win this season for coach and if that's the case then don't fire him next year keep him I, you know if he's the, if he can inspire the team that way but right now i just don't have that confidence man I'm, I'm like let's move on yeah i mean i get it and that's fair and i i mean the bills um i talked about this on a different podcast they to me are the kind of opposite version of the eagles i don't think I mean, I think this has been proven over the last two weeks. Like the Eagles were not as good yeah. as the as the ten and one record would have indicated. The yep. Bills are not as bad. Like, and any advanced metric will support that, um, which is why I'm so afraid of this game. The Cowboys' final four games remaining are at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit at home, and on the road against the Commanders. This is by far the game I'm the most afraid of. This is by far the best quarterback who the Cowboys will have faced all season. I know they just played. Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith was amazing against them, um, you know, surprisingly. Um, mm -hmm. But this is it. Like, you know, people talked all about last week how, oh, man, the Eagles are this, like, measuring stick for the Cowboys. They have to prove no. it. If the Cowboys defense shows up and, you know, shuts down Josh Allen or if Micah Parsons and company are able to kind of lock him down, like, that will be my confidence that they can go into the playoffs and hang with anybody because this is the mm -hmm. wild horse. Like, if you can tame this monster, like, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to your point about the Eagles first, like the Eagles, I, I agree with you. They haven't been – I feel like they've had every bounce that needed to go right, right. go right all season. So they just – they've been winning games, but it hasn't been because they've like really just been this dominant – 
I don't know. It's been weird. Now, to your point about the Bills, I agree completely. I think that's been my biggest. That's I think that's why I've been so upset with Sean McDermott because it's like, <laughs> look, we have the talent. We have the, like Josh will make the plays. You at the end of the game, even when we lose, he has three hundred forty yards and two or whatever. Like it's an amazing showing of talent but for some reason we can't win all three phases together for some reason the defense in the fourth quarter head coach that is a defensive minded coach who is now taking over defensive play calling responsibilities our defense is the one that gives up you know whatever against the eagles in overtime or whatever again i need to see sean mcdermott really solidify his role as like look okay you guys love me. This game against Dallas, like you said, for you, you're nervous about it. For me, I just, I'm not nervous because I feel like, like you said, if Josh shows up and does his thing, we can do it. I just don't want Sean to, to ah, dude, I just really got this. It's a bad feeling that Sean McDermott is just going to ruin my day. Like, I just, I just got this bad feeling that Sunday I'm going to mute your account because I <laughs> will not want to uh, hear from you. So I just have that feeling. I do think that um, this is a like peace establishing game for the Bills and Bills fans, like in one way or another, like peace in that like, Mm -hmm. holy crap, like we did it. We survived all this crap. And, you know, we beat the Cowboys and like, let's go like we're onward to the playoffs. Let's figure this out as we go along. Or it's this like, okay, the era is over. You know what I mean? We're just a few weeks away from the end of the regular season. We'll get McDermott out of here. We'll move on. We'll rebuild. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, I don't want to call it a fork in the road, but like, it does feel like it has the potential because if McDermott and his defense, and I understand there's so many injuries and players missing and Vaughn hasn't, just talking about on the field, uh, lived up to, I think, what any Bills fan would have mm-hmm. wanted. Um, there's been injuries, obviously, there as well. But if, if you know, Dak Prescott's right now the front runner for MVP, if you shut him, no one's been able to shut him down as of late. And if you do, like, I mean, stand tall because that's a really mm-hmm. impressive sort of thing. I was, I was going back to watch games to prepare for this week. And it's like the last, what was it, like the last five games, well, three of the last five, you've scored 40 points. The two games you didn't score 40, you scored 31 and 33. And Dak, like, it, he just doesn't miss man. And I know that like the interception joke and I know, you know, like I get it, but at the end of the day, when you watch Dak Prescott in that offense, man, it's, it's like poetry in motion, honest to God. And, and Brandon cooks was the perfect pickup for a wide receiver too. Um, you, you have potential elsewhere on the offense outside of CD lamb. And then Tony Pollard, man, I think he's been the best running back in Texas for a long time. You know, I've been saying that for a while. Right. You just, I don't know. I, like if I had a team, in the NFC to root for, it would be the Cowboys. Like, I, honest to God, I, I don't have the hate from the 90s anymore. I, I really, I, I love the roster. I love Dak Prescott. And defensively, man, they, they're hungry. They go get it. Now, that's the thing that I want Josh to take advantage of, though. He has to take advantage of how aggressive the secondary is. Like, those guys go for the interception and a pick six every single time. If you have that ability to kind of, you know, just even with a couple pump fakes, like add something to your game to where it – makes them jump and then you do something different because you know if if josh turns the ball over against this defense man they're taking it to the house they look to take it to the house every time it's not like interception turnover ratio no they look to put points on the board we cannot do that against the dallas cowboys yeah i make this uh analogy a lot but like you ever play a video game and you you're kind of like vision starts to blur but you can't focus you know because like if you focus you'll like lose 
theness of where you are. Like you just have mm-hmm. to live in the blur. And I feel like that's when Josh is at his peak, like when he's living in the blur. But yeah. in a weird way, the blur invites so much chaos against the Cowboys defense. So like you have to find the like nirvana of the blur. But if anyone can do mm-hmm. that, like I said, I'm I'm super Same. terrified. It's Josh. Um, I asked our mutual buddy uh, Rob Statsbury this when the Cowboys played the Niners, um, who is the player that we're not talking about that could have like the MVP performance, like come Sunday night, you know, how like, Oh man, we should have seen this player like hiding in plain sight. He said, Dre Greenlaw, I believe. Um, I could be hmm. wrong if I fact check that. And that take has aged really well. Uh, so um, who is that dude? Like we all know Josh Allen, we all know Stefan Davis. We all know, you know, the kind of superstar and, and headlining names, but, but who's the name that's playing really well. that could be hiding in plain sight that we just aren't seeing. Khalil Shakir. If, um, you know, we're talking about wide receiver play, and I know I kind of just went in on Gabe Davis a few minutes ago, <laughs> um, but Khalil Shakir has been that, he's been a breath of fresh air as a wide receiver. He hasn't gotten the snaps yet, but you can tell that the Bills are kind of ramping that up. He's been playing more offensively. Um, a couple games ago, a couple weeks ago, he had a hundred and, I think he had 150 yards receiving. Um, he, he's just, he's one of those guys where, when Josh looks his way, it's always in a big moment and he's always dependable. He doesn't drop passes. Um, and I honest to God, I think for the rest of this year, the playoffs, if we make it and then going forward, look for Khalil Shakir to be a big part of the Buffalo Bills offense. Mm. Last couple of quick ones for you, Jay Spence. Um, Stephon Diggs next year, if he's not playing for the Buffalo Bills, it has to be the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like it, it can't be anybody else at this point. It is not even a reality that he would not be a bill. <laughs> so I mean, I, I get it. You're you're a Cowboys fan, so this, I'll, this I'll, is uh... just it, it's been a thing that hasn't gone away. And I interviewed Trayvon last year, and mm-hmm. he was he he literally said he was like, "Tell Cowboys fans to tweet gets to Fon Diggs." Like they're so, in my humble opinion, desperate to see this happen, um, like to yeah. play together. And so, and no, I and mean, it's cool though. It's cool. It like, is. It's fun. I, would do it too. I mean, but like, I just it's. It's not practical for Stefan to be anywhere else. I agree with you. But given that Trayvon just signed his extension with the Cowboys, it's more practical that Stefan would join him in Dallas. And so, like, I don't know that that is ever truly in the cards, but it's never going to go away, especially if Stefan continues his mysterious ways, which I'm sure are really entertaining for you. Okay, so for for the sake of your listeners, I'll say, yeah, it would make more sense for Diggs to end up there. I would say if that happens, it would happen when he's like 33 in in the year 2026 because the buffalo bills have stretched his contract out so much they've restructured it a couple times um if like this season if they cut him or trade him during this offseason 31 million dead cap space the following year 22 million dead cap space uh so then you got it out in 2026 of 13 million which is still a big number but i think the bills would be willing to do it at that point for a wide receiver that's aging 33 years old but right now and next year and the following year cowboy fans just relax like you got cd lamb you got brandon cooks they're probably going to draft another stud to just relax Diggs is in buffalo we uh we just had to ask i mean you know what i mean like i we know. just had to i know um last two ones he's mine um with that <laughs> you're uh you're wearing a red hat for the uh the podcast only audience um with all the throwback helmets happening why can't we get red bills helmets i know josh like teased everybody was it two training camps ago um that yeah. has to be a thing if everyone's going to have all these throwback, you know, uniforms and helmets, the Bills have to bring the throwback helmets back. Well, so apparently what the rule was, you can have everybody gets one alternate helmet, apparently. And the Bills have the, the standing Buffalo, uh, the just the red helmet or the, it's the white helmet with the red logo. The, so the, that's the, the one the that they've used buffalo, for right. the. Right. That's the one they've used for their throwback. So 
they would have to, I guess, switch it to the red one and they wouldn't be able to wear the stand in Buffalo. And I think at some point it's going to happen. The fans have asked for it for so long. It's going to happen. I um I don't want to call you a liar, but just maybe this is material for you to kind of use. The Cowboys, I don't know if you know this, they technically have four helmets that they wear. Um, so they have their standard silver one and they have the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. one, the white one. Um, they put the red stripe for their bicentennial look on, on mm-hmm. the silver helmet. So it's just changing the stripe. And they also take the, the throwback helmet and they put the normal star that has the white trim. And that's what they wore yep. on Sunday against Philly. So they technically have four yeah, different no. helmet variations. Like, you know, if, so like we got it. If, if the Bills could only have two, that's an unfair world. That's all I'm saying. Listen. I know what you're saying, and I'm on your page. I've I've argued this with with Bills personnel, like with their uh, you know PR people. I've argued with this about like I mean I've argued this down, and what they have told me is is exactly what I've just repeated to you, and it sucks, but it's gonna happen. It, it absolutely has to happen. I'll keep fighting that fight with you. Uh, um, last one before your prediction, and it's early in the week, so you reserve the right to change it. Um, you mentioned a show you've watched. What's a movie or show you want to watch before this before the year is over? How about that? You got about, you know, what is it, two, three weeks? You know what? I have to, I, one, and you know what? And I just looked at it earlier and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I might do this. I might do it this weekend. I wanted to watch that Loki show. I haven't caught up on Loki yet on the uh, Disney app. And, but you know, I can't. We got game Saturday. It's three games Saturday and then game Sunday. So it won't be this weekend, but I'll schedule some time to catch up on Loki. It's two seasons. My wife two. and I, yeah, my wife, you haven't seen any of it at all? Mm-mm. Any not, of Loki? Any of it. The first season rocks, um, so you'll enjoy it. The second season, you got to power through the beginning. Just it, you know, remember okay. that. Like it will not be as great, and you'll be like, "Man, I kind of want to tap out," but just hang on; it's worth it. Um, so, okay. you know, I give it the seal of approval. Uh, last thing, prediction. Um, again, you reserve the right to change. You can predict anything you want. Up to give a score or a winner. Maybe you're just like, "I think that you know they'll play well, moderately well." I have no idea what's going to happen. The floor is yours. Well, what I do think is that it's going to be completely different than what everybody on both sides are probably expecting. I know Cowboys fans are used to, like I just mentioned, the last five games, you thir- you scored 40 points in three and then 31 and 33 in the other two. So right now everything is rolling. The Bills over the last three weeks, we've been rolling since Joe Brady has taken over as offensive coordinator. Right. I think this game is going to come down to like which team is able to really take away something from the other team. So mm-hmm. whether that's the Bills defense taking away CeeDee Lamb or whether that's the Cowboys taking away Diggs. Or, and it doesn't have to be those guys specifically. But, I mean, just whoever can take away something is going to be a defensive thing. So um, I, I think there will be points, but it's not going to be a 35, 32, 35. It's not one of those games. I think it's going to be low 20s. Mm, I think that's really well said. Kind of a tug of war game, like whoever just outlasts mm-hmm. the other and, and and pulls it over the line. Um, at Jay Spence the King on Twitter, everyone can check you out throughout the Buffalo Rumblings universe. Um, you've you've had some really funny tweets this year. I've got to be honest. You went to the game Thank you. in Cincinnati, right? No, I didn't go to the Cincinnati game. But, no, but I, you had a tweet I, that I was, was like, <laughs> you had a tweet that was like, if the Bills ever want me to go again or like want me to go home, like they got to stop like pulling this off or whatever. It was really, really funny. Um, they, they, you know. they, 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 uh, they inspire some moments. But I tell you what, man, I got to stop drinking during the game. That's that's what it comes down to. Well, it's um, it's Christmas time, so if you're going to do anything, make sure it's like a cider. You know what I mean? Like, keep warm. Yeah. You know, I know, yeah. you know, where you're at, it's not the coldest climate, but, you know, just stick with the holiday themes. Um, Jay Spence, you're the man. Uh, best to you and your family. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Um, health, wealth, and happiness, but obviously hope you have some, you know, kind of miserable sports feelings on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Same to you, man. Have a great holiday. 
Um, I'm sure I'll talk to you Sunday, but man, good luck. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to my good friend Jay Spence for taking the time to join us here on the Ocho. Everybody follow him on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. He's the man, and I think he was really fair in everything that he said, and I think he was maybe a little too harsh on the Bills. I'm really afraid of the Bills, if I'm being honest with you, and that's because I've been harsh on the Bills uh, for most of the season, if you listen uh, to the shows that I do on the SB Nation NFL show, but Khalil Shakir, I think, is that name to watch. Um, we know that the Bills love to dump it off to Dalton Kincaid a bunch, but more than anything, we know that Josh Allen loves to kind of make magic happen out of thin air, which hopefully is not happening all too much on Sunday. Um, Roy and Tom, as mentioned earlier, we'll talk a little bit more about this game um, in detail later on. What I wanted to get to today, and uh, there will be a video up on this subject as well on our YouTube channel. I'll also have some social stuff up around this, and we'll have a post about it as well on our social properties. But if you want to see my stuff um, at RJ Ochoa on Twitter, Instagram, or threads, or RJ.Ochoa on TikTok, Every week we put together a rooting guide for you. Uh, myself and Jess Haney, one of our talented staff writers at BTV, he and I, uh, you know, we, we kind of figure it out, do the math. Um, and look, to be clear, uh, sometimes these things run counter to what immediate logic would suggest. And what I mean by that is, if you're unaware, I don't know how that would be the case, but if you're unaware, the Cowboys can clinch a playoff spot this week. In fact, they can clinch a playoff spot even if they don't win. Um, but the simplest, easiest, you know, most undeniable path to the playoffs for the Cowboys this week is to win or tie, actually. The Cowboys can win or tie on Sunday, and they're in. Now, that's just a ticket to the playoffs, which right now only the San Francisco 49ers have uh, across the entire NFL. And we obviously you know, at this point, trust the, <coughs> excuse me, obviously still powering through all this. We trust the Cowboys to be a playoff team. And so that's where Jess and I come down uh, on the rooting guide is some of what we're suggesting to root for, to assign your emotional weight towards. 
um, runs counter to when you read our article at our website or see my social work about here's how the Cowboys can clinch a playoff spot. We're, we're deviating from some of those things because our goal at this point is no longer just a ticket. We want the best possible path, the best possible overall structure for the Cowboys in the playoffs. And, and so that obviously is is built upon a foundation of understanding that they're going to be a playoff team, even if it doesn't happen this week or doesn't happen one exact way or another. So that being said, um, there are some Saturday games this week, in case you didn't know. Um, so the NFL just doesn't want you to spend time with your family, apparently, around this time of year. Uh, but we want, generally speaking, and again, we're running a little bit counter to that this week. Generally speaking, we always want to see AFC teams beat NFC teams. Uh, that is the case with the Cincinnati Bengals. We want to see them beat the Minnesota Vikings. Why is that, RJ? Well, right now, if we're being honest with ourselves, which we have to be, the most likely path to the playoffs for the Cowboys right now, the way things stand today, it can always change. The NFL is a week-to-week lead. But the way it stands right now is the most likely path is for the Cowboys to be the top wild card, the five seed. So, we want to see all wild card contending teams lose so that the Cowboys, if that winds up being their path into the postseason, can have their spot locked up as soon as possible. We do not want the Cowboys to have to be playing for anything in week 18, particularly if they're not going to have that first round by. We want the Cowboys, whether they choose to do so or not, to have the ability to manufacture their own buy in week 18 to get players healthy, to rest up, whatever the case may be. So we want to see the Vikings lose because they are a wild card contending team. Next game on Saturday, we want to see the Detroit Lions win. All right. This one is the one that threw people off last week when we did the video. We did things about it. That's why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast as well. We want to see the Lions win, even though Detroit is a contender for the one seed with Dallas, right? If Dallas winds up winning the NFC East, their primary competition for that coveted one seed and the first round by are the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Well, here's the thing. Um, if the Cowboys can't be the one seed, right, which we recognize is a difficult ask at this point, if the Cowboys can't be the one seed, we do not want it to be San Francisco. We do not want it to be Philadelphia. The most preferable option to be the one seed, if it's not the Dallas Cowboys, in our minds collectively should be that it be the Detroit Lions. So we want to see them win to keep themselves alive in that race. And even if they do, they're currently not a real threat to the Cowboys, which is why this is okay. The Lions lost last week, so they're now a game behind the Cowboys in just a numerical standpoint or from a numerical standpoint. And even if the Lions had kept pace with the Cowboys and the Niners and the Eagles last week and gotten to 10 wins, the Cowboys still control their own destiny against the Lions in week 17. They play them directly. So if they somehow hypothetically wound up in a position where it was you know, they have to win that game or lose that game to decide the one seed. They have that control. The Cowboys do not have control against the Niners or the Eagles, which is what makes this Detroit situation unique. So we are advising you to root for the Lions over the Broncos. That's two of the seven games we're getting to here. Next up, New York Giants over New Orleans Saints. Now, if you want to root for the Saints because you believe that they are the best draw for the Cowboys if they wind up as the five seed um, and visit the winner of the NFC South. I'm not going to tell you that that's wrong. That's up to you, but that we're still a little early for that in our mind. There are four weeks left, so I do think it's premature to say, I want the Saints or the Falcons or the Bucks. Plus, I think ultimately we do not want, if the Cowboys wind up being the top wild card, we do not want the NFC South winner to be in a position where they can manufacture their own buy in week 18. We want to see that NFC South come down to the very end, particularly, obviously, again, if the Cowboys are involved. So we want to see the Giants win. 
Um, this is a little bit of a stretch, but go with me here. Because we want to see the Giants continue to hurt their draft pick. Their win on Monday night did that. The Giants have been through a season of misery. And this is something that Brandon and I did talk about on the mixtape. They're not even going to wind up with a top five pick as a result of this whole thing. They want to push that pick outside of the top ten. By all means, we do not want to see Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels wind up at the Meadowlands with the Giants. That would be the worst case scenario. Not that we're like deathly afraid of that, but we want this team stuck in purgatory because they're a top rival of the Cowboys. They're two games every season for the Cowboys. And if we take things a step further, we also want to see the Giants keep hope alive because they play the Eagles twice across the rest of the season. So we want to see the Giants in this mix. We, we don't want the Giants to have nothing to play for. We want to see this Tommy DeVito thing, you know, live and, and, and fight for another day. Plus, it's kind of fun, right? It's kind of fun to enjoy and watch from afar when it really has no consequence on our team. So go Giants. Go Big Blue. View. We love you this week. Anyway, next up. the Actually, we're rooting for the Giants for a while, if it isn't obvious, because they do play the Eagles twice. Uh, next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the leading team in the NFC South. Um, and so we want to see them win, not because we prefer them to win the NFC South, like I said, but because they're playing the Green Bay Packers. This is similar to the Bengals-Vikings game. We want to see all wild card contending teams lose we want distance between the cowboys and the field as far as the wild card situation is concerned so that if it comes down to it once again the cowboys can manufacture a buy in week 18 that's what we want next up we want to see the san francisco 49ers lose that should be uh plain as day clear and obvious at this point in time they are playing the arizona cardinals this week so that is a tall order uh but kyler murray please I was going to say we believe in you, but I mean, you know, whatever. Also, uh, the Cardinals play the Eagles as well uh, before the regular season is over. So we got a lot of stock in the Giants and Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a tough place to be, but that's where we're at. Uh, next up, this one's a little bit weird as well. Kind of a combination of things we've discussed. We are rooting for the Washington Commanders. That's right. We are rooting for them against the Los Angeles Rams. Why class? I think you know, because we want to put distance between ourselves and the NFC wildcard contenders, which is what the Rams are right now. Now, Jess had a point. I'm not going to go all the way to this point and agree with him. Um, you can read Jess's article, by the way. You should. He writes about this every week at our site. Uh, we just kind of formulate the the guide together. But um, the Rams are probably the scariest team to sit in the seventh seed, in my mind. I do agree with Jess in that sense. And so it's possible that the Cowboys wind up winning the NFC East. Cool. But do not get that first round by ahead of San Francisco. Boo, right? So in that world, because Dallas seemingly would have the distance between themselves and Detroit, they would be the two seed, which means they would host the lowest seeded wildcard team. I've been saying, you know, for a few days now on different podcasts, I think the Rams have the potential to be the first seventh seed in NFL history, although this is only the fourth year that it has existed, um, to win a playoff game and be the two seed. That hasn't happened in the previous three years. All uh, six, whatever it is, um, no, it can't be six. Uh, yeah, all six seven seeds in NFL history so far have lost their wild card playoff games. I do not want to be the first team to lose to a seven seed in NFL history. I would love it if it was the Eagles or the Niners or whatever the case may be. So I kind of want to, beyond putting distance but <coughs> excuse me, between Dallas and the wildcard contenders, I also don't want the Rams involved. I'm a little bit afraid of them, if I'm being honest. So uh, let's push the Rams out. Plus, kind of like New York, let's also hurt this Washington draft pick. We do not want to see them in a position to be able to grab a quarterback as well. So awesome. That makes sense. Finally, the seventh game. This one is clear and obvious. On Monday Night Football, we want to see the Seattle Seahawks beat the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Cowboys are to win the NFC East, they need help. 
if the Eagles win out, we've been telling you this for weeks now, if the Eagles win out, it's theirs. We need them to stumble. Go Seahawks. Get it done. Please, please, please. So quickly, the seven teams besides the Cowboys, we are advising you to root for this week. I think you'll agree with most of them, but nevertheless, uh, Bengals, Lions, both on Saturday, Giants, Buccaneers, Cardinals, Washington Commanders, and Seattle Seahawks. So you have three of the old school NFC East when the Phoenix Cardinals were a part of it. You have the Seahawks over the other one. Uh, obviously, we're not kind of the Cowboys because you're rooting for them. Yeah, I guess you're rooting for 80% of the OG NFC East. So look at that. The only team we're not rooting for in the old school NFC East this week is the Philadelphia Eagles, which makes it feel right. Anyway, so um, that's that. Huge thank you to Jay Spence for taking the time to join us. Like I said, uh, follow him on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. Uh, be on the lookout for the visual graphic on the rooting guide. And uh, yeah, I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you have a wonderful week, weekend. Um, and I hope this game is a whole heck of a lot of fun. Uh, later on today, new episode of Riled Up. Tomorrow, new episodes of Girls Talking Boys, uh, the Star Seminar. Friday, the World's Team. And then I will see you on Sunday evening. In the post game, will the Cowboys be 11 and 3, 10 and 4? We do not know, but we're about to find out. Have the greatest day of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.